Welcome to another music edition of the Hangout Podcast. This is your host, Juan Hernandez. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. I hope you guys have been enjoying the the new episodes that are coming out for this year, 2020. 2019 was a fairly good year for the podcast. Music-related, I try to get deeper into it this year. I am doing a lot of uh, a lot of what I was planning on doing last year as far as recapping shows and concerts that I went to throughout the whole decade. And joining me on the show today is my good friend and fellow co-host, Mr. Adrian Rocha. Adrian, welcome back to the show. Woo, gotta be back. We are coming at you remotely once again from Mason Park. It's a beautiful day out here. It's a little, it's not that chilly. It's just a little wind that's blowing through. Nothing we can't handle. I am a bit under the weather as of yesterday. Uh, at the time of this recording, will be January 11th, 2020. Yeah. So woke up yesterday, which is Friday morning, just feeling out of whack. And I know when I feel like that, I'm, I know something's coming. I know there's been a lot of people that have been really sick as of late mm-hmm. during the holidays, but even before the holidays, mm-hmm. which sucks because, you know, it's... It, these things spread quickly so not i'm not this is not a public service announcement but if you haven't gotten <laughs> your flu shot yet go ahead and get it uh, it's a this and this is just me speaking it's really helped me a lot note it need to take that one now <laughs> duly note it make sure you wash your hands every time you know you come across shaking hands with people or anything like that you know i, I deal with a lot of people uh, in my line of duty so i make sure i always have a sanitizer at the office or when i'm on the go because you just never know it's better to be safe than sorry and even then people still get sick mm-hmm. just not as bad yeah so you, I, I can probably shake this off within a week so if you don't hear from me within a week then something <laughs> happened so let's hope let's hope that's not the case but it's, uh, i'm gonna s- completely segue into this because this completely relates to what we're going to talk about today and this is fairly fresh this is fairly new uh you know it's very important you guys take care of each other take care of yourselves no less um i and, and this is this really adrian this really it really hit me it was like you know i've had i've had family members pass away uh-huh. i've had friends pass away uh-huh. And, you know, you look up to people that have passed away, you know, musicians, actors, or they don't really, they don't, some strike a, a, a nerve, others strike a chord, you know, whichever one, I don't know which one. But this one really, really just took me by surprise. And I'm just, I'm still speechless to this, to, to the day, to the day. So at the time of this recording, we are recording this on January 11th, 2020. Saturday and yesterday January the 10th 2020 Friday uh, the news broke out that Rush drummer Neil Peart passed away at age 67 and I was on the phone with a relative of mine at at the time maybe around 3 o'clock 3.30 I was about to leave the office for the day and for some reason, I opened up my Facebook on my phone, and I started going through my feed, and I started seeing these articles saying that 
he's passed on and I didn't want to make much of it because I figured, man, this is probably a hoax or something like that. You know how those things go. Yeah. False reports, things like that. But then I read an article that Rolling Stone put out. Now, they're they're very, very credible when it comes to reporting stuff, actual stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can consider them an actual source. And sure enough, they confirmed it by a spokesperson of the band. And didn't take no more than 30 minutes to an hour right when I get home and I just start going through my my Facebook feed my Twitter feed Instagram feed just tributes and posts about Neil Peart and it really just you know it really sunk into the fact that man this guy he's he's really gone and it's just so uh, to my surprise to not just to my surprise to everybody's surprise he he had been diagnosed with brain cancer for the last three years and had been fighting it since then. Wow. But not only that, but he passed away on Tuesday. So this is just reported yesterday. It goes on to show you how, and, and this is one of the things that I, I kind of talked about on one of the episodes that I did about my favorite drummers, and he just happens to be in the top ten, mm-hmm. top five no less. But he was always a a recluse, a very, very private person. A very typical neo-fashion. Uh, <laughs> he passed away on Tuesday, and it's just barely coming out on Friday. Yeah, That is something that he would do, uh, that they would do. Yeah, I think usually that happens um, to give them time, give the family and friends, close family and friends to um, kind of point of acceptance like this just happened to like they're still in shock so they're not ready to let this thing out just like right away yeah and privacy also i I figured you know the last thing you want to be is bombarded with of course it's gonna it's gonna get out yeah and people and if you see if you go if you go to twitter instagram and you just click on the hashtag you know r.i.p neil peart or even neil peart um you'll see how how many people he he had an impact on man because this wasn't just your ordinary drummer you'd say oh he's just you know he's a really good rock drummer yeah this guy transcended drumming period to the point where he even reinvented his style in the 90s mm-hmm. and it was just it's just one of those things where it's like man like he's really gone <laughs> he's he's really gone and uh, I could share my personal stories growing up as a kid. You know, I grew up mostly listening to what my dad had in his cassette collection, was a, which was a collection of classic rock, hard rock, a little heavy metal here and there. A lot of stuff from the 70s, the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he, he was, he to this day still is a big Rush fan. If, if, he were to pick a band, that would be his band, Rush. And I would always associate Rush with my dad and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So he has a couple cassettes laying around and eventually bought them on CD. Because I think he had them on vinyl back in the day. Back in the in the heyday of the, of the band. And so I, I, I grew up and took a liking to 
to these guys, not only just the drummer, but, you know, Getty Lee, the bassist, singer, and Alex Lifeson, the guitarist. And it always amazed me. It was just three guys playing music. Mm-hmm. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was always those three, and they were always pack out arenas as far back as people can remember. And I had several people that I know that are much older than me that that caught Rush way back in maybe like the 80s or so. <laughs> and they were, they were always, you know, coming to Houston, I know they were always playing the Sam Houston Coliseum and the, the Summit and the later venues, but I can go as far back as listening to them on tape. And my dad, and I was showing showing him this last night because I have it on my drawer. The they have this, you know how bands put out the like a collection of their music videos. Yeah, kind of like. So this one is very, very well known within the Rush fan base. They have this video collection called Chronicles, mm-hmm. and it chronicles all the videos from I would say maybe seventy seven all the way till about 87 so a good 10 years going from the progressive era all the way to like the new wave synth era mm-hmm. and so man we used to watch that tape over and over again i'm surprised we didn't wear it out as much as we used to watch it and my dad would be drinking a few budweiser's and just enjoying the music because it was just so f- it was fun it was songs that I grew up listening to. You got to hear these songs on the radio, too, on Rock 101. Yeah. And so, you know, I always, I always gravitated towards him, you know, being I, that I somewhat played drums. I always gravitated to his drumming and his playing. It wasn't just about playing fast or how hard he, can, how hard he could hit. It was always very technical sometimes i go back and watch these drum cover videos i'm like man what is he i'm trying to figure out what he's doing here and the little things that he has here and there so come to find out you know i graduated high school in 20 uh, 10 years ago wow it's been 10 years already adrian that high school reunion podcast is coming soon (laughs) stay tuned (laughs) but it it got to where i was able to start being able to afford going to concerts it just so happens i a mutual friend of mine had extra tickets and ended up buying a pack of four from him it was in the lawn at the woodlands who cares you know i was going to see rush that's all i cared i was gonna go finally gonna go see a band i grew up watching as a kid a band that my dad grew up Mm -hmm. listening to as a as a teenager yeah it's like, man, it's just crossing over. So they had the show at the Woodlands. I even posted uh, pictures on my Instagram of the ticket stubs that I keep. I keep all my ticket stubs from concerts. Yeah. Just to <laughs> kind of reflect. And that was 10 years ago. That that tour in itself was it, it was amazing because they, I don't know how familiar you are with the band, but they, on that tour, they played, they, they have this album called moving pictures which is like their landmark album mm-hmm. if people were to ask me hey what would you i'm fairly i'm new to the band what would you recommend i'd recommend that album because that really is i 
I guess it's like the more commercial. Mm-hmm. People know them for those songs. So they played that whole album in its entirety on that tour. Not only that, but they kind of dug deep into the catalog. They went through different years, like '85 and then '88, all the way to '70 something, '76. Time Machine tour. So they were going back in time. All right. It was it was amazing because that's my, one of my dad's favorite albums, one of my favorite albums too, from Rush. About we were set to go see them about two years later. They were coming to play at the Toyota Center on that what would be the last album that they put out. And it just so happens I think we ended up going to Mexico because they were playing. I believe it was that weekend or it was during the holidays i think it was like december 2nd or 3rd or something like that mm-hmm. and so we just couldn't go because it was just around the holidays and we've already had plans to go out of town we missed that tour so fast forward three years later 2015 they announced that they're going on their 40th anniversary tour mm-hmm. and much to the belief of a lot of people this was I wouldn't consider it a farewell tour because they never really named it a farewell tour. More like a retirement tour because they they just they stopped after that. It Mm -hmm. was a one and done. And so I told my dad, look, we got to go. If this is the last one, we saw at least we could say we went and we saw it. So sure enough, they come back to Toyota Center and played. And. The way that they did this set was they played a lot of it was so cool because they the show goes backwards instead and it's funny how they played all these songs they started from like the newer songs Mm -hmm. and they just went back and just every song they would just keep going back a year and a year and a year they ended up with one of their most famous songs, uh, "Working Man." Mm. That was from their first album, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a actually a great way to go on a a lot for a, for the for the set list. You give them what you give them the initial the new ones, and then close it out as you go. Like you said, go back, go back, go back, and close it out with in a, in in a, one of their original one of their original songs from the first album. You know what the the coolest thing was was that they have the stage design and they're very notorious for having like washing machines and all different types of weird things. <laughs> There's just a sense of humor that they have. They're just they're very well known for that. And so every song somebody would come out and take a piece out of something, whether it was like a machine or or a dryer, something. Eventually, when it gets to the last song, all they're left with is just a stack of amplifiers. Mm-hmm. which was so cool because it's like man that's how you end the show you know you end it how you started in the first place just playing as a band as a three piece you don't need you don't need all the stage production nothing like that yeah so it was looking back now man it was it was so cool and shortly after they never really said that they they were done it was just assumed that they were done I would hear time and time again Neil Peart saying that he he had quit drumming period so kind of deciphering this whole this whole death um he passed away from brain cancer dude which i didn't even know he had (laughs) 
Yeah, it was brain cancer. It's just it just took me by surprise. I was like, wait. I was just I was just reading that he's been what I think he said three and three and a half years. Three and a half years. So if you go back three and a half years, cancer, like, damn. that that has that has to be 2019, 18, 17, close to 2016. So not even maybe a year after they they were done. Yeah, like halfway through 2016. Yeah, halfway. I'm just willing to, and I'm just gonna assume this is just my assumption. And it goes, of course, they're not going to say this because, you know, people, it's your business. If, you know, we don't need to look further into it. I think he knew this this day was coming. I think that's why the whole, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I think he knew deep down inside that there was more, a lot more going on. And I'm sure when he got diagnosed, he was like, that's it. Yeah, brain cancer. And then if they go, if they, if the doctors went as far as to say, like, well, the st- statistics, percentages of surviving or being anything or being or getting rid of brain of the brain cancer, where it is and this and this, it's like you know what? I'm just gonna write it out. It's like a if it's like let's say like oh, there's a eleven percent chance that you might that you could that we you can beat the brain cancer. Uh, yeah, I'm checking out. You know, I'm just gonna live my life. Yeah. What's left of it, what I can, and see what and what happens happens. Probably that's if, especially like I said, if especially if they gave them the statistics percentages, like don't give me the percentages. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they gave you like the expected uh, life expectancy, and say you got maybe a couple years or mm. a month, whatever it may be, and mm. however advanced it it might be. I was. I was listening to to Sirius XM yesterday. They had a whole right when the news broke out. They did a whole tribute on him on on volume, mm-hmm. and they had Mike Portnoy call in the drummer from Dream Theater. Dude is a well known. His lifelong hero is Neil Peart, to the point where he said that they became friends in the last fifteen years, and he stated that he knew that his health was on the decline. But, you know, out of respect of, you know, family, whatever, you're not going to put that out in public because it's yeah. like, come on, dude, really? It's like the whole Eddie Van Halen thing. Yeah. What is going on? It's like, dude, whatever he's dealing with, let him deal with it. We don't need to know. Like, I don't need to see the pictures from TMZ or nothing. Just leave the man alone. Like, let him recover from this. If he wants to tell you, he'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, he'll he tell you. You know, I'm sure, you know, like, there's a lot of things that I don't put out on here because they're private. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, period, that we don't put on social media or anything like that. Just because, you know, if it's our inner circle of friends, I'm going to let you know. But yeah. aside from that, nobody's got to know. It's, it's personal, man. It's private. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. <laughs> so you people out there that are posting on social media all the time, man, y'all need to, y'all need to stop. <laughs> Anyways, um, he called in and he talked about that and... um sadly he knew what was going on and uh, there was something else I was going to mention oh yeah so I always knew this story about it about him the tragedies that he endured in the mid to late 90s so he he was married had a had a girl little girl daughter mm-hmm. so his daughter gets killed in a car accident Oof. I forget the year, the actual year. Not even 11 months to a year later, his wife dies of cancer. So at that point, he just said, 
I'm done, man. I can't do this anymore. And you pretty much, the band was pretty much done at that time. Mm-hmm. The other two guys were like, well, we don't, we just have to move on with our lives because he's obviously dealing with that stuff. So he ended up buying a motorcycle and all he did was just travel all over the country to different countries on a bike. And he would just chronicle all his stuff, write books about his experiences and really, I guess just trying to find himself. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the point when he when he came back in the band, I believe he was out. Let's see. He came back in 2002. So from maybe like 96 to like 2002. So it was a good while. And of course, you know, it's this is a how do you recover from that, man? It's like back to back. You lose your your, your daughter and your wife. It gets to the point where it's like, man, so what's my purpose here? Mm-hmm. You know, peop- some people lose hope and shit, but it's just, you just gotta, you gotta just hit the brakes a little bit there, man. It's like, it's, you know, this shit happens because it just, it just happens, man. You can't control it. Yeah. So he comes back in the band 2002 and at that point, you know, he's already set in his ways and he starts laying down some ground rules and says, you know what? And he was always like this. He said, I'm not doing any meet and greets. I'm not doing any interviews. Right when the show ends, I'm hopping on my bike and we're, I'm gone. I'm not staying after the show. Nothing. Nothing. He was always a very a, a private person like that. And so it was funny because those two times I went to go see him right when the show ended, you just see him running out, uh, <laughs> running out from his drum kit and just bolting out of there. He couldn't wait to leave. Um, and in the several interviews that I've read from him way back then, when he, when he did do them, he would just say that he never understood the whole idea of, of like him being a fan and going up to like a hero of his and just kind of doing that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I guess it was so foreign to him. So he's, that's why he started getting kind of he kind of freaked out when it started happening to him. I guess he, he, I guess when it came to fame, he was never like, it was like whatever to him. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I'm famous. I guess it comes with what I do. So and it, he didn't lose sleep over it. So, um, eventually this time went on in the last couple of years, he started doing more interviews and stuff like that. Really nice guy. From what I gathered, you never you'd never hear about him doing drugs or mm-hmm. you know like the like sex scandals or getting drunk on stage or wrecking hotel rooms, cars. You know the typical rock star cliche. Yeah. Uh huh. A guy that I very much emulate when I play drums. I can't say it's an easy task. Still to this day, I cannot. I'm still trying to perfect that, and I'm still trying to perfect my little technique <laughs> and um seems like every time we come out here something's going on i got fire firefighters coming through so hope nothing happened this time Adrian. Yeah, i'm trying to look for any smoke around. <laughs> i smell smoke <laughs> <laughs> but in, every time <laughs> every, every time you know last time we were here we had that Police officer that was killed, yeah, and then some fire down somewhere over there. Down, fire down below, but anyways, 
it's just one of those things, man. It's every time an, uh, an uh, I will say this, an icon like that goes out. It's just the, the world's not the same. Man. It's not the same without him. Mm. It moves on, of course, but it's like the impact that this guy had, not only as a really good drummer, but a very, very, very good lyricist too, man. He wrote most of those songs. He wrote the lyrics to most of those songs. Always, always uh, keeping up with the times. He was always incorporating new equipment to his drum arsenal as it came, you know, electronic drums, triggers, pads, mm -hmm. percussion, all that stuff. And so when, when, it, when it came to it, it was like, man, like, he died from brain cancer. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, if you're going to go out, you're going to go out. But he, he, he was very, he was, he made it very clear that he was, he didn't have a drum, he didn't even have a drum set at home. Yeah. Like, he was completely done. He was done. My brother goes back to the idea of like, yeah, man, he did it his whole life. Like, he was just done. So he ended up, of course, in the later years, he ended up remarrying and had another daughter. And he was trying to, you know, move on with that. Whatever time he had left here on earth. Mm -hmm. unfortunately that wasn't the case and so I just wonder man how, how bad it must have been for him to pass away it must have been pretty bad yeah I mean and like you said the success rate the expectancy rate and whatnot, and I just don't it's like god damn you hear about your you know your idols and your heroes passing away but at the end of the day, when you start, when you come to terms with the fact that, hey, these guys are just human beings, too. It's like, damn, they get older, too, and they are going to die. Yeah. Like, we all are someday. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I hate to be cold, but that's just the truth. Yeah, that's, I mean. It's life. We have, we have, we eventually going to have to die. Yeah, of course. I don't want to. Not yet. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Not yet. It's like, like Ozzy said in that new song. Have you listened to that new song with uh, mm. the collaboration he did with Elton John? No, I haven't. It's the, the title track from his new album, Ordinary Man. Mm -hmm. That's the line right there. He says, I don't want to die. In I guess that's different, though. He says, mm. I don't want to die an ordinary man, which he's not. <laughs> So it's what, Ozzy. What's what's ordinary about Ozzy? Right? Exactly, exactly, dude. If this guy, and he said it himself, you know, I should be fucking dead. Like everybody around him has dropped dead, man. And he's still. I'm glad that he's still around making music and touring. He some crazy, crazier stuff than some of the people that have died. Whether in, in any type of music, yeah. He's done more crazier stuff, and he's still here. He's still here. I mean, poor Neil Peart, he just passed away, and it's like, damn, Ozzy's like, what the hell? Like, I'm still here. <laughs> like, jeez, man. Nah, I like, mean, I'm, I'm just glad that he's here. Like, now nah, you're meant to be here. <laughs> no, nah, you're, yeah, you're going to be here for quite some time, Ozzy. Whether you live to be 100 and you're still on stage. So, but yeah, man, it was a, this is a, it's a tough one, man. It's, I'm sure all the tributes are going to start pouring in as the days go by tribute shows and whatnot mm. i read a post from today from mike portnoy he said he recorded a podcast with the drummer from anthrax charlie benanti and chris jericho just reminiscing about a full hour of rush and neil peart stories and going on serious xm doing the tributes there and all that stuff and i'm gonna emulate him till 
till I get good. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do, man. It's uh, it's crazy, but hey, it happened, man. Yeah, it happened. It happened. It happened. It happened. A lot, lot of, a lot of good songs, man. A lot of good, a lot of good. The music will, is always gonna be there, but as cliche as it may sound, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on to all that stuff, man. It's, it's some good, uh, it's some good songs, some good music from a really good person. And so I'm just kind of curious to to see, I guess, kind of like the aftermath mm-hmm. of all these tribute shows and whatnot. And who knows? Maybe they might get Mike Portnoy, as silly as it may sound, and have him play a few songs with the other two guys. But you know, they might not want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just don't know. That uh, I know he had his share of health issues, man, uh, due to the drumming. He had like chronic arthritis, and of course, anybody would say, you know, I'm done, man. Forget it. Yeah. You know, most athletes retire at what? How? At how old? Like twenties, thirties? As late as forty, maybe. If you're uh, talking football players, maybe like yeah, between. Thirty and forty. Then again, Brett Favre retired. Like retired and came back like at forty-three. So, so yeah. I think the I think some of them started retiring like around thirty-three, thirty-six. Man, that's that area. young, man. Some some most recently have been retiring like twenty-five, twenty-something because of uh, concussions or back injuries, mostly in mostly in football. Yeah. Uh, other sports. Um, Things mostly it's most also depend it depends on the ta- on their their health. Some of them are t- have to have had to retire because of heart problems, especially if. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, like it doesn't bother football players. Well, I've seen a lot, a lot of it in soccer players. Soccer players a lot apparently a lot of apparently suffer from heart problems, and they have the ir- irregular heartbeats and they have to retire for for whatever reason. And they're like 20, 25, 26. But yeah, but of course, health health has to health does pay play part in. I'm done. But and you know, um, what was I gonna say? And these motherfuckers are like sixty and seventy, and they're still going at it. Yeah, it's like goddamn, and they have similar injuries too. You know, I've seen them. They they get their knees reconstructed, every, everything, ACLs and shoulders, hip replacements. Mm-hmm. Uh, neck surgeries and they're still propped up. Look at Ozzy, man. He's walking around with a cane and he's still up there. <laughs> yeah, they have surgeries on their legs and they're still going up there on a on a wheelchair and they're singing up on stage. Retirement tour, <laughs> quote unquote. You know, in parentheses. We're back. <laughs> like, oh, we we were just on a break. I, I've heard of and several musicians uh, dying on stage. Mm-hmm. Several drummers and guitarist just calling it quits but just wanted to come on and do a little short tribute and just kind of reminisce and reflect on uh, the life and times of Neil Peart and in my short lifespan what I've been able to experience fortunate to experience not many can say that mm-hmm. from in my age range mm-hmm. there's not a lot of Rush fans out there I'm sure there are <laughs> but uh, most of them are the, my dad's generation and generation before him. So, before we wrap up, want to play this 
short clip of Neil Peart. This is I was I, I just discovered this not too long ago, maybe about a year or so. It's a if you go on YouTube, type in Neil Peart and the Buddy Rich Big Band drum solo Cottontail 1994. Mm-hmm. The this was around that time I was telling you where he reinvented his playing style, so it was more going off towards like jazz. Mm-hmm. And he even said that he didn't feel like he did a good job. And I'm looking at him like, what the hell? <laughs> did way better than me. What are we talk about? But here's a short clip. I don't know if we're going to get flagged for this. I might skip the keyboard part. Let me try that again. Let's see. I want to get to the part where he's actually just playing the drums. If I can get this phone to work. Remember, we have no budget here. This is just <laughs> off the cuff. Much like his drumming. The, like jazz jazz influence yeah i can hear it i can i can tell the jazz the jazz in it yeah it's more like like big band he even, he even said he felt intimidated when he was playing in front of you know all these guys like wait a minute but you're neil peart from rush and you're intimidated goes on to show you you can probably see it from right here mad skills though a short clip if you guys want to check it out go ahead and do that there's a whole bunch of videos on youtube neil peart check out the music on on apple music or spotify it's it's uh, a lot of people say and i don't like rush you know it's either it's either you like it or you don't there's no in-betweens oh i'm a fan of it like nah people some either you get it or you don't get it that's all i gotta say mm-hmm. so adrian anything you want to plug before we wrap up no <laughs> good for today <laughs> yeah just a short episode just kind of want to pay tribute and just reflect and if you guys want to check out previous episodes to the show you can tune in on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and youtube the hangout podcast with juan hernandez you can follow me on social media 
at Juan underscore A underscore H on Twitter. Request to follow on Instagram, Juan Alejandro Hernandez. I'm all over the place, so you can also send me a Facebook request if, you, if you'd if you like. Ooh. I just have to see it because sometimes I don't see those things. Oh. So a <laughs> lot, lot, of, lot of good uh, things planned for the year for as far as for the music edition for the show. A lot of great ideas I have for the coming for the coming year. Uh, I know Adrian. It's always fun to have you on to discuss these things. There's not that many people I can talk music with, yeah. and just go go into the rabbit hole of backing tracks and mm-hmm. lip syncing and you know tributes and whatnot. And you're not even a, you don't even have to be a fan of whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it's like my brother said the other day. You know, it, there's there's good music and there's bad music. There's no, there's no in betweens. And boy, have I heard a lot of bad music. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of bad music, but there's a lot of good music out there. So, but like I say, you know, I'm not gonna trash oh, genre. I, genres oh, I will. <laughs> like I will. You but know what? I will take that back. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever song, what's his name? Put out right uh, just now. Uh, what's that kid's name? Justin Bieber. Oh, yummy. That trash. Trash lyrics, too. <laughs> I mean, it's like, dude, you're never going to grow out of that phase. That phase is, that phase is done. We uh, get it. You're a child star. Beat-wise, beat for dancers, <laughs> it, is a, it is a danceable beat. No, nothing in the lyrics, trash lyrics. Do you have uh, trash like that? Put it up against anything Rush ever did. I'm gonna take Rush any day. I'm gonna be biased, but yeah, <laughs> I don't want this to go on end on a sour note. But thank you guys for tuning in to the show, Adrian. Thanks again for coming on. Woo, glad, glad to have you on. Yes, we'll see you next time.